The following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. And welcome, everybody, to the Broken Helmet, coming to you live on tape on this, the end of August 2nd, 2021, another Summer Monday in the books. And you know, you people who hate Mondays, because... You have to go back and dust yourself off, put on your big boy and big girl pants and go back to work. Well, let me tell you why I hate Mondays. Because everybody wants to know, so I'm going to fucking tell you. Because all you spoiled rotten shits get to throw on those big boy pants and big girl pants and you get to go to work. And let me tell you a little something about unemployment. First two weeks, it's fucking great. You wake up late, you catch up on a show, you start a workout regimen. You cook yourself a lunch. Well, not me, because I can't cook worth a shit. True true story? True story, Mikey? True story? No, it's not a true story. It's a a comic book, Mikey. So, then month three, you're like, "Mm, well, this is getting a little long in the tooth. Little long. But then, but then, in month 18, 18, there's nothing enjoyable about it. Zippo, zip a fucking Rooney. And so your weekends rock because everyone is a lazy slob just like you. Ah, yes, it's fantastic. You don't feel bad anymore. Because everybody's just like you. And then Monday comes around, and all you spoiled, rotten, good-for-nothing workers get to go back to work. You lucky sons of bitches. Don't let me hear you, don't let me hear you crying about, you know, oh, working from home is so tough. You gotta and Shit, you're getting paid for doing what I'm doing. Minus, like, what, two hours of emails and phone calls you make? Screw you. Screw the whole lot of you. Screw the whole lot. But I digress. And I am perfectly sane. I actually can't believe what I just saw. Oh, believe it, Chris. Believe it. But anyway, that is a Monday as defined by et moi. As for the NFL... Uh, wasn't that much news going on today. Like we said, training camp is good for primarily one thing, and that is injuries. And that's where we start off as what a difference 12 hours makes. Carson Wentz elected to have surgery, not going to wait it out anymore on that foot. You know, remember we said yesterday, you know, he got a banged up foot. He said he's going to give a rest. Anytime that you hear that somebody's going to give it rest means that it's pretty fucking bad. So anyway, Carson Wentz, it was pretty fucking bad. He elected to have surgery. He's going to be out five to 12 weeks. 
turned out to be an old high school injury, and he had surgery on Monday. And now they'll have to see who they are going to replace him with. Right now, they are plugging Jacob Eason. He is going to be the one that they say is going to be the quarterback. However, everybody is talking about Nick Foles. That's right, Nick Foles. I mean, in, I don't know if there's truth to the rumor that Nick Foles and Carson went sleep with each other's wives. But at this point, you share everything else. You might as well share your women. Why not? What do you got to lose at this point, right? I mean, you just go from, you know, place to place. You just keep replacing each other. And now you're going to end up both in Indianapolis and Foles is going to start for you. Maybe not. Probably. Maybe not. Probably who knows? We'll have to see how it plays out. But Nick Foles sitting there, third string in Chicago. I don't imagine that's going to last for too long. And if Wentz is going to be out any duration of time, I mean, Frank Reich is there as the Colts coach. So he coached them both in Philadelphia. It makes complete sense. Uh, I would bet Nick Foles going to Chicago, but we'll have to wait and see. Other injuries, quarterback Related, Matt Stafford. What? No way. Yes, Matt Stafford. He goes to Los Angeles. He supposedly is lighting up, lighting up practice. Everybody says he's looking so good. I saw some video on Instagram of him doing a no-look pass. Oh, no-look pass. Just like Pat Mahomes. But uh, what was the quote? That uh, he's been doing, Stafford, that is, has been doing no-look passes since Mahomes was in high school. <laughs> get it? Get it? It's because Stafford's so old and Mahomes is so young. It's an age joke. Anyway, he ends up having a freak accident, jams his thumb on a helmet. He ended up leaving practice with his thumb wrapped. No word yet on that injury, but that could be a disaster because that could be a second team in need of a quarterback, although this one did not seem nearly as... Uh, bad as the Carson Wentz injury did, but again, only time will tell. Other injuries around the league will go to another big name. Former Falcon turned Titans wide receiver Julio Jones. He hurt himself in practice. Again, no word yet on the injury. Supposedly fell awkwardly, went to the training room, didn't come back. No truth to the rumors, however, that he was slinging ounces of White Widow in the training room. Pure speculation there. Uh, boy, will be here all week. And the Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith will not be here all week. He won't be here for the next two to three weeks. He ended up spraining his MCL. So he'll be out. And yes, yet another wide receiver. Ravens wide receiver Hollywood Brown. He's got a bad hamstring. He got it, I guess, last week. But now they're starting to fret a little bit because they are afraid that it's going to be more severe than initially thought. Cherry on tap of that one. Oh, nothing other than rookie Rashad Bateman. The other wide receiver that they drafted this year is also on the sidelines. No word on the extent of his injury either. So, like we said, injuries is what training camp is all about. And so far, as of now, we've got big names today. Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford, Julio Jones, Devontae Smith, and Hollywood Brown. And again, a little cherry on top for the Ravens. They're wide receiving, wide receiver draft pick Rashad Bateman also out. So that is the injury update for the day. We go over to COVID, but you know what? 
there really is no point in even keeping track of the positive tests anymore and all the movement on and off the COVID-restricted list. I'll be perfectly honest. At this point, I had no clue what any of the rules were, so I just had to go and look it up. And so I'm just going to run down them real quick, courtesy of ESPN, so that everybody, including myself, can be on the same page when we keep hearing about all these people coming on and off the COVID list. So here's the deal. Players who are fully vaccinated are only obligated to test once every 14 days. That exact day is at the discretion of the team, right? Okay, so fully vaccinated, you got to test once every two weeks. Unvaccinated players will be required to undergo a rapid PCR test every day upon arrival at the camp. All right, so you're unvaccinated, you get tested every day. For the first four days of camp, those players that are unvaccinated will not be allowed to enter the facility until either one of two things. Their tests come back as negative or they've waited five days, right? So first four days, they're either on the sideline or they get their test back that says negative and then they can go in. So that's the deal. So that's the testing regimen in regard to COVID. So now if you get a positive test, and you are unvaccinated, the protocols from 2020 apply. An unvaccinated player who tests positive must isolate for at least 10 days. If they are asymptomatic, they can likely return after that time. So unvaccinated, positive test, no symptoms, you got to isolate 10 days, then you could probably come back. If you actually have symptoms, you'd have to isolate 10 days plus 24 hours after the last day he recorded a fever. So 10 days is in the books. And then every day after that, you're going to have to record your fever. Once you don't have a fever, you can come back ten uh, a day after that, right? 24 hours. So that's the unvaccinated player. The vaccinated player positive test is as follows. A fully vaccinated asymptomatic player, right? Fully vaxxed, no symptoms, can return to camp after two negative tests. They're at least 24 hours apart. So you're going to have at least two days and two tests during that day. Even if that occurs before the 10-day isolation period is over, right? So I guess that you're going to have two tests over two days. You can come back. Otherwise, you're probably going to default to the 10 days that an unvaccinated player must sit out if they tested positive, right? So um, you're just hoping that if you're a fully vaccinated asymptomatic player, you test positive, you go back, you test negative, you go back again the next day, you test negative, and you just go back. Tracing. So contract tracing will occur for every positive test, vaccinated or not, right? So if you pop a a test and you're positive, everybody around you is going to be contact traced. All personnel will be required to wear a Kinox, Kinoxin, I don't know, some kind of fucking tracing device when at the training facility. Unvaccinated players will also be required to isolate for five days, even if they had a negative test, if they are found to be a high-risk exposure to the infected person. So, contact tracing occurs. If you're an unvaccinated player, you will be required to isolate for five days, regardless of your status uh, of negative COVID test. So, unvaccinated high risk, you're going to isolate for five days. 
And so then you're left with the list. And so all players who test positive, uh, as stated above, the things that we talked about are going to be placed on the COVID-19 list. And then the teams can replace them on the active roster. So there you go. There's a quick rundown of all of the COVID shit for 2021. And this is what we've been talking about for the past couple of pods. That the NFL here is the first real COVID-2021 post-reopening experiment. That's what this is. I mean, it's it's the NFL. But the way that they are going about this, we are going to get to see a an example of the real numbers that exist in the population. Because unlike all of us in Gen Pop, that's what I've been calling all us regular peons, all of us in Gen Pop, we, we're not forced to get tested. We're not forced to get tested. Right? The NFL players are being forced to be tested. We are not. And regardless of their vaccination, they're getting tested. I am vaccinated. If I don't feel well, I'm, I like I've said, I probably am not going to get a test unless I am super, super, super sick. Right? That would be the only way that I would end up getting tested is if I was severely ill. Otherwise, I'm not getting tested. And I think there are probably many people along the same lines as me that unless they are very sick, they're not going to get tested. So you're never going to really know the true numbers. In the NFL, however, it's completely different because everybody is getting tested, regardless. So now you're going to see what the real numbers are like, right? And this country has been (laughs) openly going out for months now. So unlike August of 2020, you're going to get different results this year. What does that exactly mean? I am not sure. However, one would think if you look at the numbers coming through training camp right now and try to extrapolate those forward, that you're going to see an intra-season COVID impact of some form. Players are going to miss games mispractice, uh, how many games, who knows. We just went through all of these rules and obviously unvaccinated you're going to do an isolation of 10 days, so that's over a week, so that's a game and change. Um, We're just going to have to find out. And I think the, the biggest risk that's being run right now is that the vaccines have come out, the country has opened, everybody has more or less gone out and tried to live their lives like they did prior to COVID. So we're not in the same bubble that we were last year. So now the cases are going to go up. And the only reason that we don't think that the cases were ticking in as high as they were was because nobody was really getting tested once people got vaccinated. That's the whole point of this whole thing. And now we're going to get to see it in the great NFL COVID experiment of 2021. Uh, Other news, a signing. Giants signed running back Alfred Morris. Now, I mention this only because the Giants already have Devontae Booker on the roster to back up Saquon Barkley. If Barkley was to miss time, one would think that Booker would be there to back him up. That's why they signed him in the offseason, right? Well, they bring in Morris anyway. So the point of this, to me, is that Alfred Morris is a name, all by old. And that says one thing and one thing only, which is Saquon is not back at full speed and is never making that opener. 
my thoughts. I don't know anybody. I'm a nobody. But I wouldn't think that you'd bring Alfred Morris in if Saquon was humming at full speed and you fully expected him to be back in the beginning of the season. Probably not, which is why they bring in Alfred Morris. And now he's going to have a contract on the line when he does come back, Barkley, right? And the Browns just put a measuring stick out with Nick Chubb, who they got as a steal as his money came in on average, I think, six amongst running backs currently. So he didn't even knock it out of the park. And that rarely happens that you get a skilled position player on the cheap. But that very well might be reflective of the new era of running back contracts, right? Because we saw the McCaffrey and the Ezekiel Elliott's renegotiating their deals after three years. And now, I mean, the game was changing anyway, but now it has changed leaps and bounds over a couple of years to where I'm running backs are afterthoughts. And I think that's going to be reflected in the contracts that, that are coming up, which is maybe why Nick Chubb was smart to lock in his money when he could. Because who knows exactly what's going to be available down the line. Uh, as the years go on, um, well, I, I, you know, but well, for Chubb, he had, you know, he was going to have a contract coming up anyway. It makes more sense to do the extension now than do the whole Le'Veon Bell thing and play into the fifth year, and then you know you get franchise, et cetera, et cetera, and yeah, take the money. But anyway, for Barkley, it's going to be a little bit different because him and the Giants are going to have a pretty combustible situation down the road because everything right now is leaning toward not the mega contract that the number two draft pick would expect. But unfortunately, you are a running back, and you haven't played. You had played first season, second season a little banged up, third season out completely, and now it looks like you're not going to start off the fourth. So anyway, Alfred Morris to the Giants, Saquon probably riding the pine when it comes to week one. We will again have to wait and see. How many times can I say wait and see uh, in this podcast? Uh, once? Twice? Three times? Four? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Holy shit, enough. Um, and so then let's go to our daily pro football talk shit session because Florio, who said that the NFL better watch themselves or else, or how was I doing? The NFL better watch themselves or else they're going to have a huge gambling scandal on their hands. Well, anyway, Florio, who was touting gambling scandals all day yesterday on his site, turned around today and did a whole article on somebody who dropped a 500 spot and a 1,000 spot on Lions Futures. One for the NFC Championship and one for the whole kitten caboodle. I mean, we're talking about a $500 bet for the uh, for the Super Bowl and a $1,000 bet on the NFC Championship. Like, big fucking deal, dude. You know, it, 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 it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Again, the whole gambling thing is about credit. But what's comical about this is that yesterday you're talking about big, gigantic gambling scandals, and then today you're pimping gambling on your page. Make up your mind, like, which one is it? I mean, obviously yesterday he was saying, the NFL is the one that has to watch out, because if they don't watch out, and they don't monitor this stuff, then guess what? They're going to have the scandal on their hands and pie in their face. Well, you know, and then the next day you're just talking about it. It, it. You know, if you think it's such a big, colossal fucking risk, then don't talk about it. That's my point. 
right? Don't talk about gambling. Talk about gambling and say, ah, you know, the NFL, they can have this problem on their hands. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do you want them to have a problem on their hands? You know, you, you want to talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, because obviously it's now a, a, a part of the fabric. But then on the other side of your mouth, you're like, ah, oh, they're going to get in trouble. They're going to have a fucking scandal on their hands. Whatever. Bitch boy. Bitch boy. And then finally, the last uh, bit of the day is the Buffalo Bills. Yes. The Buffalo Bills, who yesterday had a nice little article written about them. Uh, Who was the individual? Tom something? Tom Tom Benson? Something like that. Uh, Whatever it was. Anyway, uh, he write uh, Buffalo Star, I think it was. I had it right yesterday. I don't have it in front of me now, so go Google it if you want. But the story came out. The Bills wanted a $1.1 billion stadium that included renovations for where the Sabres played in their arena, and they wanted the public to fund the whole thing. So this story breaks yesterday, and the Bills, a mere 24 hours later after the story breaks, have stated publicly that it's not true. It's not true. Ah! It's not. We never said that. We never wanted any money for the Buffalo Sabres stadium, and we never said it was $1.5 billion. We never said that. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? When the article is written, and they're able to build up the amount of intel that they did for the article, plus a whole bunch of other news outlets then start writing articles about how Austin is going to be the landing spot for the Bills. Guess what, motherfucker? Where there's smoke, there's fire! There's fire! And boom goes the dynamite. That was a little delayed on the boom goes the dynamite, but point being that there's something to the story. And... I am sure that the Bills want free money because all these fucking owners do. They want free money to build a stadium so that they can have their toy and then they can just reap in more money. That's the whole idea here, right? Is that they could get more money somewhere else. So give us a big new shiny toy so that we could play with it and we can generate money on our own. Right, because we're not in a big media market, so you owe us. Because Buffalo is a shitty media market, and we don't make as much money as we could other places. So build us a brand new stadium, and that way we can try to maximize what we got. Otherwise, we're going to go to a bigger city that's going to give us free shit. Yeah, same thing happened with the Raiders going from Oakland to Vegas, and the same thing could happen to the Bills going from Buffalo to Austin. Of course, it doesn't look good from a public relations standpoint, so as soon as the story breaks, all of a sudden then they throw their hands up in the air and they bitch and they moan and complain. Although, they knew fully well the story was coming out, so all of this stuff could be according to plan, right? You know, you do litmus tests throughout the public by letting these stories run, and then you just turn around doing a little about face after the fact, right? And that's what's happening here. But again, I talked about it yesterday only because it it's a big story in the sense that we're not living in an age where money is abundant and just free to hand around, especially from the taxpayers' pockets, right? The economy, contrary to what everybody wants to talk about, is in the shitter right now. The stock market might be up because the stock market only goes up, right? That's the case. That's 
what the fucking deal is, at least right now. With the Fed backstop, you're never going to see the market go down until something catastrophic happens, right? So outside of the market going up and all of everybody's paper portfolios skyrocketing, right? the real economy is not really going well. I'm sorry, it's just not. And so for teams to turn around in an environment such as this and ask for taxpayer money so that they could have a big new stadium. I mean, no offense. Go, go fuck yourself. Your organization's terrible. Thank you, Don. Exactly. Your organization is terrible. And you're terrible for even thinking about trying to air that out. But the Bills are, and whoever that ownership group is, I, I should have uh, their name out here, but I had it yesterday. I don't have it today. Uh, should really be... Uh, they should be shamed. Publicly shamed. Shame. 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 Right? Just like the... Just like the Game of Thrones. They should be thrown in the streets naked and have people throw tomatoes and shit at them and scream shame. That's what they should do. Anyway, that wraps up the Monday. Uh, Another unemployed Monday for me. Hopefully an employed and sunny Monday for you. We will talk again tomorrow, the day after, whenever I get to it. In the meantime, enjoy your days, nights, evenings, or whenever. Peace, Audi 5000. Talk to you later.